So first of all, please could you introduce yourself and tell us a little about your current roles? Yes, I'm Dr. Alex Ray Grant. I'm a professor of neurology at the Cleveland Clinic Lerner Medical School. I'm a staff neurologist at the Multiple Sclerosis Center at the Cleveland Clinic. And uh, I was the lead author of this guideline for the American Academy of Neurology. So as you said today, see is the, the publication of a new guideline for treating MS from the American Academy of Neurology. Can you give us an overview of this, please? So it's a pretty exciting opportunity for us to update a previous 16-year-old guideline. So it was really time to do a new guideline. We really focused on early treatment. We focused on engaging the person with MS in an ongoing dialogue about care. We looked at uh, times when one should switch medications. We looked at a number of safety factors with the medicines. We looked at stopping medications. Mm. And so the last uh, guideline for treating MS was published in 2002. What led to the new guideline being published now and what are the most notable changes to the field in that time? Well, I have to say, what led to it not being published before now <laughs> be the way I'd put it, but there were a number of reasons to do the guideline at this time. We, have, we had a handful of medicines back in 2002, and now we have 17 FDA-approved medications. Uh, we now have new, me new treatment uh, studies in people who have just a single episode of demyelination before a diagnosis of MS. We have a lot more information on safety approaches mm. to these medicines. So there's a lot of new information we needed to encapsulate in the guideline. Mm. And so what are the biggest challenges, uh, sorry, the biggest changes in advice given to MS physicians? So how will these new guidelines affect treatment practice? Yeah, so one of the things is, and, and again, practice has moved this way, but we reinforce the early treatment message, even before a formal diagnosis of MS is given in patients who we know are going down that way. Uh, we focused very much on a conversation with the patient about their preferences for treatment, comorbid conditions that they might have which would affect the choice of medication, their willingness and readiness to start a medicine and be uh, adherent to a medicine, and an ongoing dialogue over time as to how it's going and is this the right medicine and should we be switching medicine. Mm. And finally, what gaps did uh, your systemic review that you did in the run-up to producing this guideline, um, what gaps did it highlight and what would you suggest should be the priorities for MS research in, say, the next decade? So our focus was on gaps in terms of disease-modifying therapies. Certainly mm. there's a lot of room for work in what causes progression of multiple sclerosis, but the two f specific gaps that we saw, one was more comparative effectiveness research in mm -hmm. real populations and people in the clinic, and also work on should we be using the strongest medicines early versus a stepped care approach. And both of those are starting to be in treatment trials, but at the present time, for the guideline, we didn't have that evidence. Okay, brilliant. Thank you very much for chatting Thanks. to us.